Hey, it's Justin Harvey. Thanks for tuning in to the Anesthesia and Pain Management Success Podcast. With APM Success, we take a close look at important topics pertaining to business, practice management, personal finance, and careers for anesthesiologists and pain management physicians. We work hard to take your critical questions straight to the experts. Thanks for listening. I really enjoyed this week's conversation with Dr. Fasayo Oshitelu. He's the CEO and co-founder of Gentem, which is a company that takes a tech-forward approach to giving private practice physicians visibility to reimbursement and billing challenges that they may have. They also work to identify opportunities for doctors to make more money from procedures they're already doing, as well as show them places where unwittingly they may be bleeding cash. Gentem employs software engineers from companies like Facebook, Google, and Amazon to use the data that they have for procedures, denials, and reimbursement patterns between different payers and help physicians have access to this data to make their billing more efficient and to have greater transparency to their own practices finances. I really enjoyed learning more about this company and I hope that you enjoy today's conversation. If you want access to any of the resources in this discussion that we mentioned today, check out apmsuccess.com slash 108. Hello and welcome to episode 108 of APM Success. I'm very pleased to be joined today by Dr. Fisayo Oshitelu, who is the CEO and co-founder of Gentem. And I've invited him here today because I think what he and his colleagues are building is exciting, innovative, and I also think that the heartbeat behind this company is very similar to what we have here at APM Wealth, which is wanting to, to support and enable and equip private practitioners, especially <laughs> as much as possible, because I think they're uniquely in the crosshairs of uh, the macro trends of healthcare at large. So Masayo, thanks for joining us today on APM Success. Thank you, Justin, for having me. So for our listeners out there, why don't you share a little bit about what is it that Gentem does? Absolutely. So Gentem is focused on really simplifying the reimbursement for healthcare providers across the board. And really our vision is a world where, you know, private medical practices, independent uh, practitioners uh, can stay independent and, and thrive, right? As you, as you alluded to earlier, there's a lot of uh, forces, a lot of macro trends working against uh, the independent doctor. And so our goal is to really give them the wherewithal to be able to thrive, whether it's through, you know, taking on the administrative burdens, so things such as billing and revenue cycle management to offering them access to financial products um, that essentially enable them to, you know, build and thrive and, and, and do what they want to do. So that's what we do in a nutshell. Before this call, we were sharing a little bit about um, some of our experiences with the, the challenges that private practitioners face. Tell me a little bit about the experiences for you that have informed the way that you sort of see this unfolding for a private practice. And why is it that this is part of your company's mission statement is to equip private practitioners in particular? Yeah, definitely. Um, personally, I am a physician myself. I trained uh, at Stanford School of Medicine. That's where I got my MD. I decided not to practice medicine in, in, in large part because of a lot of the administrative issues and the burdens that a lot of your audience is probably very, very familiar with. So I, I, I went a slightly different route. I decided to get an MBA um, more so because really seeing some of the issues out there and really wanting to have a bigger impact in the space in my community. Uh, so that's really the, the impetus for 
for not practicing medicine. But, you know, that exposure gave me um, the, the knowledge, if you will, and the credibility to really tackle this space, right? Oftentimes you have folks, you know, trying to help physicians, trying to help doctors, but not really having a, a good or nuanced understanding of the types of problems, right? And so based on that, uh, I, I'd worked in, a little bit in, in the startup world at a fintech company called NerdWallet. Um, some of you might be familiar with the company, uh, especially I'm sure there's a lot of good financial advice there. Yep, I am familiar with NerdWallet, yep. <laughs> Yeah, so I was an early employee at NerdOne. That's where I got my professional career started um, a few years ago now. Wow, it's probably been eight years ago since I started, when I started there first. Uh, after that, I worked in, in private equity where I ran um, revenue cycle management uh, you know, businesses. And we worked with large healthcare systems. So think some of the, some of the biggest healthcare systems in the country. And that gave me really the, the macro view of, of really the issues that doctors are facing. I mean, it's, as you can imagine, it's a real, you know, <laughs> uh, real, you know, a lot of complexity, right? There's just a lot of stuff happening. There are a lot of things that you need to do to get reimbursement into the hands of doctors who are working so hard, uh, lots of documentation, having to go through denials, having to go through the technology. There's just a lot of things and, and complexity in between, you know, providing value and getting paid, right? And, uh, and so that's, that's really uh, the background and being able to bridge my uh, experience, albeit short as a, as, a, as a doctor, an MD, and then bridging that with, my experience in fintech and in traditional revenue cycle management. And then really asking the hard questions like how, why is it so bad? Why is it so hard to get paid? Why is there so much friction in this process? There's gotta be a better way, right? Why, 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 why are our doctors and a lot of my colleagues are still practicing? Why are they getting burnt out? Why are they getting stressed out? Why are they making a lot of money, but, uh, or some of them earning a lot, but still cannot, you know, you know, it's still hard for them to, you know, thrive in, in many ways, right? So, I'm curious with that time with the PE firm, were there any right. experiences as you think back that kind of stick in your brain that either sort of epitomized those years or mm -hmm. epitomized perhaps the challenges faced by some of your current clients, the private practice doctors? Yeah, absolutely. So there, there are a number of, uh, of things. I think the whole premise, we, we ran a number of businesses, one of which was focused on underpayment recovery. So this whole, and there's a whole industry focused on literally cross-checking and making sure the payers are paying what they're contractually obligated to pay, right? And this is a massive industry. And That's so depressing. Me, it was so mind-boggling. I'm like, wow, there's so much complexity, sometimes shadiness, and sometimes just things that should not be, that you literally have to hire a firm to you know, check your contract, cross-check what was paid, and then you know, we, we would get maybe some, some percentage of whatever we were able to recover, right? But coming 
coming to that industry and just seeing just how much waste, how much doctors uh, and, and healthcare providers were not getting paid appropriately, just really stimulated an interest in just diving deeper into the space. Were there any areas that you found to be the most, uh, the biggest offenders, either certain payers or certain types of payer or certain types of percent without obviously like, I'm, I don't want you to say anything that's going to get both of us sued, but, uh, yeah. anything that, well, you know, I think, I think, it's across, I think is across the board. I think that, you know, there's some pairs better than others, some commercial pairs better than others. Um, Medicare tends to be good, right? On the, for the most part, they tend to pay on time. You know, sometimes they, there are reviews, but you know, they tend to be you know good. Medicaid tends to be some of the the, the tougher ones, right? Whereby um, there are challenges with payments, sometimes payment timeliness denials, um, even the amount of payment. So Medicaid tends to be a little bit more challenging, but it's, it's really across the board. Um, there are um, different types of challenges, as you can imagine. So into that environment, you decided to launch this company with your, your co-founder, who was a Facebook software engineer. Tell us about um, how, how you defined the problem that you were trying to solve that you thought the solution didn't currently exist in the marketplace or wasn't being found by practitioners. Right. I think the fundamental thing, number the first thing is that as doctors, we're not taught finance. We're not really taught enough of the business side of the house. So I would say going into this world, there's a lot of things that were new to me. Uh, coming out of medical school, medical training, right? The fundamental question I kept on asking myself though was, why is it that doctors have to wait weeks, sometimes months to get paid? Like why? Why can't I as a doctor or healthcare provider, when I, when I deliver a service, you know, pay me, there and then or shortly afterwards why is there this huge why is there this whole process around it that could take months right and so um the 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 original hypothesis is that what if we build a system an infrastructure whereby whenever you send in a claim right we can process that claim and pay you upfront. Like we can pay you almost immediately whenever we get, whenever you process that claim, right? What are the barriers there? Why can't this be the case? It will make life a lot easier for doctors. They'll be able to get a better cash flow. They'll be able to plan more efficiently. They'll be able to invest in whatever projects they want to do, expanding their practice and things like that. So it was a fundamental question of why can't doctors get paid as soon as they deliver value? to the patient, right? And so that got me and my co-founder, um, who, as you said, was, was an engineer at Facebook. But even before then, he'd worked in healthcare. He'd worked at Aetna, uh, at uh, Accenture Consulting. And so he had a pretty, pretty decent understanding of the healthcare industry. And so we just asked ourselves, why can't we bridge 
you know, just the core revenue cycle management, which, which is essentially all the steps that go into, you know, getting paid for delivering a service, whether it's eligibility and benefits verifications to coding, to claim scrubbing and submission, AR, all that stuff. Why can't we bridge this core thing that it seems that everyone does now billing and RCM with this very powerful concept in FinTech, whereby you can, you can actually, uh, it's, it's called factoring or purchasing receivables, whereby you can, um, you know, combine those two to provide a lot of value for the doctors. I think what makes us unique is the way in which we use the data, right? Our backgrounds are in, in tech, you know, we're based in Silicon Valley and, you know, I'd worked in pretty solid FinTech companies like NerdWallet. And of course my co-founder is coming from Facebook. And so the, the, the way they view data is very, you know, very different, much more sophisticated. And so being able to look at the data that's coming through the claims and the RCM and being able to predict what, um, uh, what reimbursements are, what are the risks to reimbursements, denials, a lot of very, just using those data assets to really come up with a great process and ultimately accelerate um, revenue cash for, for these providers. So one of the first things I, I, I sort of got on what I'll call the anesthesia and pain management conference circuit, maybe three years ago now, three and a half. And one of the things I remember thinking is, how are there so, first of all, what is revenue cycle management? So this is the new Justin thinking this. And why are there like 74 different booths at this conference that all do <laughs> revenue cycle management? So right. it's, it's not, uh, there's a lot of competition, I guess, in this space right. for people who are doing, I'll, I'll put it in air quotes, just RCM. So talk a little bit about uh, the challenge or the problem with those other 73 companies or, or the way that this has been handled in the past. And what is your twist or your take or the, the way that you're augmenting through improving the way that you're interpreting this data, how are you distinguishing yourself from this very crowded field? Yeah, it's absolutely, you're absolutely right. It's absolutely crowded and, uh, you know, but it, the, the devil is in the details as they say. Uh, so what, what you see is there's this, there's, there's quite a bit of, of, folks doing billing and some do it to better or worse degrees. Um, the way we like to view it is that fundamentally we have more skin in the game. And what does that mean? Uh, because we we're deploying capital because we're paying upfront when we process these claims, right? We have a way different risk profile than somebody who is just, submitting claims and taking a percentage and just uh, not doing the hard stuff. And, you know, it, the, the incentives are, may not be as aligned, you know, you, you come, you go into situations where it's mainly folks submitting easy claims, not really stressing about the hard stuff, all the denials and being diligent about working those, the AR. Uh, we see a lot of our, our customers coming from those kinds of situations. The difference in Gentem just very simply is we have more skin in the game. Why? Because we are actually deploying capital, right? Um, secondly, 
because we are we're deploying capital, we have to be more diligent. We have to really figure out a way to, you know, to use a technical term, underwrite more effectively, right? So we're looking at the data, we're understanding the pair trends, looking at pair behavior. Oh, we're seeing that Humana has a certain type of, of uh, denial rate for certain kinds of claims. We're up to date with the policies. Uh, we're using data to really inform a lot of our work internally, right? How, how are we sort of prioritizing certain things? Um, we're certainly using automation as best as we can to just make things more efficient uh, on the, on the just in-house in for us. So it's, it's a combination of the more skin in the game and just the data-driven approach that we're using to not only make ourselves more efficient, but also discover avenues to you know in, increase reimbursement and optimize process. I am such a huge believer in understanding uh, alignment of incentive, and I love to yeah. explore this and all its different permutations and all the places that we can possibly find it. One of which is how does your financial advisor get paid, and what do they get incentivized to do more or less of? Right. How does a physician? who's looking at an employment, what are they, what is your employer paying you to do more of or to do less of, or what are they indifferent about whether or not, you know, if you're on salary, that means something very different than if you have RBU targets. And I right. think I'm, I love this idea of understanding the incentive of your billing company and, or your revenue cycle manager, or however you want to describe them. And is the incentive, well, what are the, what are we incentivizing them to do? You know, the classic example of, well, if they make 5% of collections, then they're going to take the, the lowest hanging fruit, or at least this is the challenge, the problem, they take the lowest hanging fruit, they take, you know, their 5% of the, the, the mm -hmm. stuff they can get most easily and then let the rest of it go because at some yeah. point they hit diminishing returns with their staff's time. Right. I think what you're describing, which is your, your, and maybe just describe the, the transaction. Yeah. So I'm properly understanding, but it's yeah, like an definitely. upfront payment essentially. Yeah, exactly. So to, to just piggyback on your point, the reason why the other shops have to focus on the easy stuff is because they tend to be more um, labor-driven type things, right? You know, there's, they have to factor in the cost of labor. And at a certain point, there's a, there's a diminishing returns that come into play. For us, because we're a tech, we're, we're tech, we have great people don't get me wrong we're still we still have people but because of all the tech we built on the back end to make ourselves more efficient automated then we're actually able to chase um even the smaller dollar claims uh because we've just prioritized that on our cues and you know we want to do the best for our, our folks um the other thing that i'll say makes us unique and we get a lot of uh, doctors, we hear a lot of doctors complaining about this is the fact that they don't have transparency into the process, right? They don't know where the data is. They get a very basic report at the end of the month. Um, they're noticing their AR is aging and aging and aging and um, all they get is excuses. So for us in our platform, there's a full transparency. We have skin in the game. Um, and uh, you know we're aligned. Now to your question about how it works is, whenever we submit a claim, we, we typically, as part of our onboarding process, have access to, we, we get access to the contracts and fee schedules. 
So what that means is that we will we'll typically know what the insurance is contractually obligated to pay. And based on that, we will calculate the expected reimbursement, which is, as you know, always different from what you charge or bill out. And, and then, excuse me, we would now take a percentage, we would pay off a percentage of that upfront, typically 85% on average upfront, right? And then we, we, that, that payment goes to the, to the doctor. Now, when, the, when we get the payments from the insurance company, however long, a few weeks, you know, sometimes over a month, when we get that payment, the doctor gets the remaining 15%, right? Remember I said we advance, we advance 85%. They, they get the remaining 15% minus our fees, right? Which, which depends on how big the practice is and, you know, a bunch of other things. So they're getting a, a guaranteed 85% upfront. And then when the actual reimbursement comes through, they get the remainder minus our fees. So that's how it works. Got it. And so one of the benefits for a physician is instead of waiting 30, 45, 60 days to get those 85 cents mm -hmm. and getting it all on the back end, right. we're accelerating that one to two months. Exactly. And, 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 you know, some physicians actually opt out of that. So to be clear, not every doctor wants that, you know, something like, Hey, I'm, I'm cool. I just want a, I just want more accountability. I just want more transparency. I just want you guys to, I just want you guys to do it right. Cause my, my biller sucks to use that word. Right. Um, and so, but because we we're built ourselves and our tech with that mindset of, we have to get it right because we have skin in the game, they end up benefiting from just everything. Right. It's just like, well, we have transparency, we have accountability, um, and, we're tracking everything. So some, some folks choose to use the advances and some choose not to, and either way it works with us. So the billing service that you use is a very, uh, we'll call it an intimate relationship with a practice because it's how you get paid and it's very painful to replace. And so there's a lot of inertia there and it's gotta be like really, really bad, or you gotta feel like this is costing me a lot of money in order right. to make that change. So. Talk a little bit about, you know, how do you deal with that inertia for the, the physicians with whom you work? Or how do you try to ease that process? Yeah, so that's a great question. And, you know, I can tell that you definitely are, are plugged into this world because that's something that we do come across. Um, and, you know, I really think it really depends on the level of, of uh, frustration, uh, I think, for us. Typically, the folks that are more willing to join us uh, tend to be the ones that are just really not getting um, the level of, of revenue or impact or satisfaction that they want from their current fillers. Um, that's not to say that we don't work. We work with folks that even have in-house teams. Sometimes we just amplify those teams. So for instance, uh, there's scenarios where there's a bunch of old AR things just aging and because the team may not have, have the right expertise uh, or the bandwidth, you know, we can, 
would typically can go there and just help and get them paid. Just it's essentially money that's just sitting there. So sometimes folks view us as an extension of their team in that regard. We do uh, projects like that where you have all this AR aging and it's not getting worked clearly, right? And so you bring us on board and we would help you do that. Um, and and one, one last thing is we also have technologies uh, where we don't even have to do the service. You can use our, our platform to do your billing uh, because it's just more, it's just more robust. You can use us. We have something called real time eligibility, which essentially enables you to figure out in addition to, you know, figuring out if a, if a, a patient is covered for a, a procedure, you can actually also estimate what their out of pocket costs would be based on their benefits. Right. And so what that does is that it helps you accelerate cash flow. We know that patient payments, you know, high deductible health plans is becoming more and more of a thing, um, especially when you think about out of network as well. So all those things are becoming a bigger deal. So we have software solutions to really help our providers. At what point is a physician seeing that information? Is it when you know the patient checks in at the front desk to show up for a procedure? Yeah, so typically the physicians don't do it. They're, they're office managers or billing staff would do that, but typically you'd have a schedule, a set of, a set of appointments. And what we would do is that we have the ability to pull those appointments and run checks in an automated fashion before the patients come in, right? Typically it's before they come in, sometimes it's a week, sometimes it's a few days. We get access to your schedule, just run those eligibility checks, get you the results in a batch format. Um, and we have software that lets you know, based on what kind of visit it is, uh, um, what the patient's, um, responsibility is going to be. Obviously we're looking at if they've hit the deductible and co-insurance, all that, all that fun stuff. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in that. You said sort of segmenting AR and you said anybody or anything over like 120 days, for example, maybe if you have an in-house billing team, you're just like, oh, you know what? This stuff is only, it's probably not going to get paid anyway. We might as well throw it to Gentem or something like that. That's an interesting, yeah. are you, that's something that you're seeing practices do? Oh, absolutely. And if you think about it, right, there's a number of, there's a number of things that I mentioned bandwidth, but even just knowledge base, typically their policy policies are always changing. And so you know, these practices may not be in a position to always train their staff to keep, keep up with all the changing policies and rules and things like that. Uh, so you, you typically need a group to advise or support who does this for, I mean, this is literally what we do, right? We invest in education, we have relationships with payers, you know, so that we can, you know, really help folks you know, you can focus on what you want. If you, you want to keep your in-house staff, that's fine. We can just augment you and, and get you paid. So that's how we do it. So depending on the size of a practice and how many physicians and how many, you know, uh, advanced practice providers and other medical staff, right. there may be, there may not be really an in-house billing solution. Maybe it's just integrated into the EHR, or maybe there are a couple people in-house that are doing this and running down these 
um, right. you know, delinquent accounts receivable. Do right. you have a, a practice profile that you have found for Gentem as like, this is our, this is the spot where we really crush it, the sweet spot where this is a really good fit? Yeah, that's a great question, Justin. Um, we work prior with a few kinds of specialties, uh, pain, pain being one of them, ortho, ortho and pain is actually one of our core specialties. Uh, and adjacent to that is anesthesia. Uh, we also work with a lot of behavioral health, mental health groups. Um, that's a very fast growing segment. Um, and then lastly, we do a decent amount of work with uh, vascular, vascular surgery and, and vein. Um, so, so surgical subspecialties, uh, folks that are, you know, opening ambulatory centers, you know, I know that's something that is quite, um, quite popular in the pain, the pain community as well. Open ambulatory center is also popular in the, uh, you know, vascular surgery uh, as well, ortho as well. So those are, that's the cohort we're really uh, focused on. And I feel like last year, you know, mental health for, for a lot of uh, obvious reasons became a very fast growing segment. So we've also gotten quite a few um, customers in that, in that space as well. So if there's somebody out there listening, and I'm sure there's at least one who is thinking, you know, this sounds really intriguing. I'm kind of pissed off at my billing solution and I'm, I'm, I want to start shopping and I want to understand what kind of a job they're doing and perhaps quantify it, quantify right. the billing efficiency in ways that we haven't been able to in the past and start right. vetting other solutions. What does that process look like with Gentem? Yeah. So you would go to our website and you request a demo and what, what that triggers is the, you'd get a billing specialist reach out to you, essentially triage and understand sort of what your issues are and then determine whether or not we can help. Um, so part of that process is a billing analysis. We do offer a free billing analysis where we look at your, your data, some of the user suspects, the AR, um, but we're also looking at some less typical things, denial trends and you know, things that um, because of our experience in pain, we, we, we look at and things that can increase your revenues and just making sure that all your T's are crossed and I's are dotted. Um, so, and then we provide you a, a billing analysis where we, we go through those things, right? And then there's typically a good conversation about whether or not it makes sense if the savings or the, the revenue uplift would would justify sort of switching to a new partner and things like that. But it's typically a more consultative type approach uh, because, you know, there needs to be mutual value. We're also evaluating if it's a good fit as well, because it's not always the case. So, um, it, so that's really our approach. We like to provide value at the minimum. We get a bill analysis and even on our website, we have a, a um, lost revenue calculator. Gen, go to gentem.com and you can, I think you can find it on one of the tabs, lost revenue calculator, where you can, it's just a tool where you can put in some numbers and see how much money. And then we're, we're also benchmarking with, you know, other practices. So you see where you stand. 
So you, you use the lost revenue calculator, you can reach us for a demo and someone you know, will talk to you. And so that's how the process goes. The lost revenue calculator sounds like not a place to go when you're feeling in like an emotionally fragile state. That sounds like it could be, <laughs> could ruin your day potentially, I, it, depending you know, on what it, you find. It, it, it could, <laughs> but you know, the, the truth uh, is sometimes you just have to, to just, uh, see it. Right? It's always better <laughs> to know the truth. It's always better. It might ruin your day, but it's still good to know, obviously. Yeah. Talk a little bit about pricing and, you know, uh, obviously if you're like a, a one man show or a one woman show, you're launching a practice and everything you're, you know, low volume, uh, there's a, I'm sure a scale based on volume for, for how your pricing is going to work as it relates to these different services. And I'm sh if it's too complicated, I mean, maybe you can send me something that we can upload into the show notes, but can you give us just oh, yeah. a sense for how you compare? Oh yeah, definitely. I think for us, we we price very similar to your, you know, some some of the the folks that um, your audience might be used to. We we take a percentage of collections, um, and it's typically around anywhere from two point nine three percent to as much as six percent. Uh, I think the median is right around five uh, percent. Um, based on the size, uh, the bigger, the more the volume, the lower the, uh, the percentage. Uh, but I would say that what you get for that, we, we provide more value for that, uh, for, for a very similar cost, right? And, and because, as you said, because the field is so, you know, looks crowded and it is crowded to, you know, you have to do a lot more to stand out, you know, so we're, we're a venture backed company. So we, we have, you know, we're backed by some great investors, right? Uh, you know, we're tech first company. We're bringing in perspectives from different kinds of industries. Um, we're not your traditional billing RCM company. So we have, we have the ability to combine a, uh, you know, a traditional RCM company feel, you would have a dedicated manager to your account. And then on the back end, we have just really, really stellar technology. Um, and, you know, we're, we, we like to show our product because it tells us, it tells us a story. Awesome. Any, uh, any other parting words of wisdom or anything else that you think would be helpful for listeners to know as they're thinking about potentially making a switch with billing? Yeah, well, I would say that, you know, you just ask, you just really do, a, do an assessment of your current situation and ask yourself, do I have the level of transparency that I need? Uh, really try to understand the goals that you want for your, for your private practice, for your business. Uh, are you looking to grow? Are you in the right place? Uh, and just think about the macro environment as well, whereby, you know, all, a lot of these uh, private practices are getting gobbled up by large hospitals and health systems. And, you know, really ask yourself, am I resilient? Do I have the ability to thrive? Do I have a plan? How much cash do I have on hand, right? If something happens again, a black swan event like last year, Am I, am I just going to be swept, you know, in the wind? Am I, do I have a plan? Right. And hope is not a strategy as, as people typically say, right. <laughs> uh, so I think if you look at things holistically that way and 
you know, the choice becomes not like, hey, I'm changing one billing company from one billing company to the other. It's like, I'm exploring having a partner that can really provide a range of, of, of services and products and value that can help me thrive, stay independent, weather, um, all kinds of storms, you know, some, some unpredictable. Um, and, you know, just using technology, really working with a, a proper tech company in, in, in every sense of the word, a proper tech company, not, not, a, not a body shop, not, not, some, not, not this old school type thing, like a proper tech company. And so I think once you start looking at the choice that way, when you, in, your, in, in your mind, start framing that way, like what do you say? I'm actually curious. I want to learn more about what is out there, right? There's got to be something different. I think that's where it makes sense to engage a company like us, like Gentem, because that's who we are. Awesome. Well, uh, anybody who's interested in learning more, you can go to the show notes, apmsuccess.com slash 108, where we'll put... Uh, some additional materials for your reading pleasure, as well as links for today's show, Gentem contact information, uh, all that stuff. So, uh, Dr. Fisayo Oshitelu, thank you very much for joining us today on APM Success. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate it. If you liked what you heard this week, head on over to apmsuccess.com, where you can find more content and free resources to help you build a successful career in anesthesia and pain management. If you wanted to leave a review in iTunes, I'd also really appreciate it. Thanks for using some of your valuable time to join me today on APM Success.